Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. I show up as much as I can. I wish it could be more. You know, it's hard for me to not be here all the time with you and see all the wins and all the challenges. You know, I'm here, but women carry a lot more guilt than men do. We just carry it with us, especially around when it comes to our children and all that we want to be there for them and show up. I'm trying to forgive myself a little more. And uh, I, I know deep down that I do all that I can. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 198. Today, we're talking about twins and work-life balance with Satya Skinetti. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. A mindful mom, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields, Mindful Mama Mentor. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Membership, and I'm the author of Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. And it's out! I don't know if you got to listen to the last episode, number 197, but it's out, and I get to tell you all about it in there. But today... In just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with Satya Scanetti, founder of Satya Jewelry. She has been this visionary in this jewelry industry, but she really professionally embodies that working mom. We talk about her twins, her yoga practice, and how she's balancing all of that without giving up that work-life balance and learning to give to both her family 
and her work. So this is for you if you are a working mama. So I want you to listen for the f- a few takeaways. We talk about how to model compassion for our kids. Um, we talk about the paths are many, but the truth is one. So cool. And how it takes support to show up, both for the world and our families as well. Before we dive into this episode, I want to encourage you to buy Raising Good Humans now. It has just been launched out into the world. And when you buy it now, before the end of the year, you will get some special book launch bonuses, including my eight amazing Raising Good Humans live interviews that have been wildly popular, but those are not going to be available unless you buy the book before the end of the year. So get it now at RaisingGoodHumansBook.com. And when you leave a review on Amazon within the next week, you can win a spot in my spring retreat, a free spot, which is a $300 value. So go ahead and leave that Amazon review after you buy the book. I also want to let you know that I am now accepting applications. I've been talking to people. It's so exciting. I have just a few spots available for my one-on-one and group coaching. And this is the highest level of working with me. And it's wonderful. I get to really dive into your life, help you get to where you want to go. You start at point A and get to point E and B. And it's you get these insights that allow you to grow and change. And I hold your hand as you make those brave steps and those powerful changes. And we help you transform your relationships, the way you show up in the world, your relationship with yourself. So these coaching programs are open. Just a few spots are available. You can reach out to me at hunter at mindfulmamamentor.com to apply and learn more about it at mindfulmamamentor.com. And now on to this episode. Satya, thanks so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. You're welcome. Nice to be here. I'm I'm glad to talk to you too. And you, um, you, you know, you're well known for making amazing jewelry and doing all this great work in the world. But um, you have you have a journey of your own that started with yoga, right? Uh, A kind of a, a journey. Uh, a spiritual journey, I guess. Could could you tell us, take us back to to where you were way back when, when your yoga journey started? Hmm. I uh, it started probably in my late twenties when life started getting really crazy. I think that's when we start questioning, "What are we doing? Who am I?" And um, I took my first yoga class, and uh, it uh, it was actually a little course, and um, I found, wow, this is, this is working, taking that breath in, breath out, and staying in my body. So that was amazing. And a few years, you know, years later, I decided, um, I just got so caught up in work, and um, I was actually living downtown working for a jewelry company. I went to school for social work, thought I was going to change the, ch- the life of children around the world, and I uh, didn't re- and realized pretty early on in my career that I was not going to make the impact. I was really hoping to do. So um, I started working for this jewelry company. I got a little burnt out as a social worker. And I thought, wow, this is really awesome. I'm creative. I'm working in this really cool field. There's fashion. And a mentor of mine said, Satya, because of who you are, you'll always do a little social work. Um, So I said, ah, this industry needs a good (laughs) social (laughs) worker. So I said, cool, I'm going to stay with it. So um, 
but through that whole journey, I always, my, my practice built and I try to sit every morning. Um, and now it's a little more difficult because I have children, but um, the journey actually brought me to a teacher training in the Bahamas for 30 days. And um, that's where I was given the name Satya. And uh, this, that, that was right after 9-11 happened. So I watched the towers go down. I volunteered down there. Um, and the question that came to me over those few months was, whoa, what if I died in those? How would I be remembered? And I was like, oh, no, I, I'm not making the impact. I thought I was going to, you know, make a difference for some children in the world. And so um, I decided to jump ship and take that 30-day um, retreat and become a yoga teacher and, and maybe do some, I was doing a little Reiki healing. And mm -hmm. so 30 days later, um, I was given the name Satya. And that night I had this very powerful dream and my dreams come when they do come. It's like a, a kind of a knock in the head. And it basically was a dream that I was going to design jewelry of all truths, which is Satya truth and donate money to children around the world. And I was like, Oh my God, what a great idea. <laughs> so I literally woke up the next day in the Bahamas and I called my best friend at the time and said, quit your job. I have an amazing idea and we're going to do this. <laughs> and literally within a week I started the company. So oh it's been almost 18 years. Yeah. Almost 18 years. Um, we have, a, I have a 501c foundation. I've been able to donate uh, quite a bit of money and really make an impact like I was hoping to do. So that practice of meditation and yoga and mindfulness um, has really carried and sustained me. Um, even now, um, where I have twin boys, <laughs> that are, and I'm a single mom, um, and sometimes I don't have the time to do my, in fact, I, I rarely have the time to do more than a 10-minute practice in the morning, but mm -hmm. I'll always at least light a candle, mm -hmm. set an intention for the day, take a couple of breaths in, roll out my yoga mat, do a couple of downward dogs just to open up my energy centers. Um, and sometimes that's all I get to do, but it really makes a difference for me. It makes a difference. Yeah. So uh, hold on. You there, you shared so much there. Like, I know. I'm sorry. I, I want to I wanna back up a little bit. Because, <laughs> sorry. Oh my God. Your friend is amazing. If you, you were said, quit your job and let's start a company. And she was like, yeah, that sounds yeah. like a great idea. Um, you it sounds like you were in the the Bahamas. I know that's the, the yoga Nanda. Shivananda. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a, a well-known yoga um, area. And, uh, and when you go there, you have to do all the yoga because sometimes people try to sneak into that ashram, right? So that they can yeah. just go and enjoy the Bahamas for an yeah. inexpensive stay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there's so much there I can relate to because when I did my yoga teacher training, I did mine um, in 2005 and I did a month long intensive training as well where I lived there and there's something really special about that experience where um where you really immerse yourself you know all day night into this yoga meditation experience learning and just kind of diving into the whole thing and uh and you got the name satya truth which I I love and so you were you were you like an impulsive person before that? 
<laughs> I'm just like wondering. No, I mean, cause it seems like you're like, I have to do this thing. And um, did you yeah. feel like it was coming from an impulsive place or did you feel like, you know, uh, did you feel like it was, I, I don't, I'm just curious. Well, about you know, there was a lot to lead up to it. I mean, yeah. I was taking, I took a hiatus from social work. Um, it was about two years. I was working for another jewelry company yeah. and, um, I think I, I was starting to get really miserable. I was working for somebody that was not in line with who I was. And I also started practicing Reiki. I was doing a lot more yoga. So my consciousness was opening up. And when I watched those towers go down and I volunteered and watched the, the, what was happening over, um, the, the, um, over the differences in religion and faith, I mean, the fact that I got the word name Satya is just like so profound because I was like, what, what, how would I be remembered if I was in that building? Like, what would, where was I? I was working my butt off. I was not happy. Um, I was not doing what I had set my, myself out to do. I was still paying my student loans off even. And I'm yeah. not, here I am just working in a jewelry company with a boss that was not appreciative of my energy. And so there was a few things that finally got me there, but um, 9-11, I think, inspired a lot of people to kind of get up and get mobile and really look at their lives and see, uh, you know, what do I want to do? So I really went there. Um, I was doing a lot of Reiki and um, some of the things I started channeling a lot of energy and information and some of the information as I put my hands down, people would be about yoga, me needing to be grounded. And I was like, oh, I need to learn more about this. I also could not charge for it. And I thought, okay, am I supposed to be a Reiki healer now? And if I'm going to, I need to make a living. So God, universe, can you get me comfortable to charge for it? So mm. it was all those things come, coming in. And so I was like, and I was scared. I mean, I was like, I had my backup plan. If I get to that ashram, I'm just going to leave. I, I could stay at a hotel down the block for a few weeks and figure out things. And, but I put my foot on that ashram ground and I was like, tears came. I was like, I'm home. I'm home. Something big is about to happen here for me. Mm. And I think sometimes, um, like you experienced, I'm sure, is when we get quiet and we allow, it's like, you know, going into silence or meditating, you know, we have all the answers inside us. We just don't allow that little space where it can come in and get a clear voice of, of where and how we can live our full truth. Mm. So I woke it up. It was in there the whole time. <laughs> and I feel so blessed, you know, and it's not that I have everything figured out and that challenges and haven't come. And, mm. But for the most part, um, my practice keeps me going and helped me run my company all these years <laughs> and, and you have um 11 year old twin boys who you had while you're in the midst of like building and running the company and and just explain to the listener like what what does your jewelry because satya is that the yoga origins of your company has a lot to do with what the jewelry is so just mm -hmm. explain to the listener what it is yeah so i'm the for i came up with the tagline yoga inspired jewelry i know a lot of people have grabbed it but i was the original and my my dream was to represent when when i got this name satya it was like design jewelry of all truths so to bridge the gap um, of all this misbeliefs of, of different religions. And one of my teachers, Shivananda, actually, his, his beautiful quote, which resonates with me almost every day, is the paths are many, 
the truth is one. The satya is one. However you find your higher self, God, whatever you call your, 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 your truth, God bless you. You know, how blessed are you? So the, the collection is, um, I've been trying over the years to represent everybody's truth. My hope is anyone could come onto my site or walk into one of my stores and find something that actually taps into their creativity, their truth, their, um, what they're trying to achieve in their lives. And they're little reminders. Oh, Ganesha, the remover of obstacles. Let me get through this day. And um, the other part is the collection is always to, to deepen our conversations around fashion. Because it's sparkly and they're really pretty, people are always like, well, what is that? And then the wearer can start talking, well, this represents, believe it or not, something that I'm working towards, that I believe in. And then there's this beautiful conversation that goes around that is just, oh, that's really pretty. I saw it in a magazine. <laughs> no, this is something that is really true and deep to me. So mm -hmm. it's all of that. And um, I've had so many people email me over the years and Satya, I wake up and I've been wearing this for a m month. I can't take it off. It, it, it helps me through my days and I'm transitioning here or somebody else has got cancer and I mean, it's just been on and on and on. I, I'm just so blessed with it. I all. guess I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And the season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. We are supported by Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as Math Mysteries About True Histories. It's a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. I highly recommend this podcast. It is really wonderful, especially if you have kids like around like six plus, but it can totally be enjoyed by the whole family. So I listened to the episode, The Pirate Queen, and you're just dropped right in the middle of the action. People are fighting. There's sword fight. And then these kids, they've gone on a time travel mission and they have to solve problems in the midst of it. And it really just like exemplifies everything we support here at Mindful Parenting. You know, kids who are adventurous, doing things on the world, they're capable. And then they do things like they have to do math, they have to think critically, they have to code break and pattern solving and all this great stuff. Beyond just the Pirate Queen episode, which I highly recommend, episodes transport listeners to moments in history, too, like Pythagoras, Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. 
So jump in with your family. Follow the adventures of Max and Molly on an adventure through time with puzzles and hidden equations and laughs. And it really does make learning really fun and really cool. Perfect for ages six and up. New episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids, and you can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. That's Mysteries About True Histories. It's kind of like, um, almost like like a tattoo, but not so permanent, right? Like <laughs> tattoos are like these symbols and reminders, right? Like that's why people, I mean, I assume anyway, that's why the few I have. But anyway, like they're these symbols and reminders of what is important to you? What are your values and things like that? And so you're saying, let's take this thing, which is jewelry, which can be kind of this frivolous thing maybe, but it also can be, it can, you know, it's a medium that can give many messages and it can be this reminder for you to, to tap into what is, what is most important to you. And that really goes back to your story about like, oh, you know, this is, life is short. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to do fulfill what's most important to me. Um, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah, so, um, so you had twins. Was that crazy? <laughs> having twins? So crazy. <laughs> were you, I mean, you were running a company and you had two and twins. And, and just like I, anybody who like has a child and is running a company or God bless you. But for twins, Tell me, take yeah. us a little bit, take us back a little bit to the beginning there. Yeah, the beginning. So they came six weeks early. I did not have my go bag ready for the hospital. Um, and I still don't have my go bag. I tell people I'm still not ready 11 years later. Um, you know, it really, even with my strong practice and my ability, I mean, I was, I've always taken such good care of myself. It's kind of how I've been able to manage all that I do. And the twins took me for a loop. I mean, it was rough. I had around the clock help to to help me sleep at night. Of course, I breastfed till um, until they were six months old. Um, two of them for twins. Well, uh, <laughs> That's like, um, and you know, the sleep thing was the hardest. I think that's probably where a lot of people can relate. It's like, finally, I was like, ah, sleep is overrated. But I would have to come into work some days where my brain was just fried. And I'm just like, you know what? Here we go again. It was a lot of those. So, um, yeah, it was really rough in the beginning. And I, I, always, I always say, you know, it really does take a village. And I feel like, you know, business owners, business um, people who work and, and have children, both men and women, um, you know, it's tough. You, you know, we have to work. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, there's two, there's working parents, especially if you have to, if you don't, and it's choice and you love what you do, great. But um, to balance it and make sure that the children feel, you know, like you're there when they most need you. And having my company, it's given me a lot of flexibility, mm-hmm. which I'm so grateful for. Like, I'm there. They need me, I'm there. But I've had a nanny. I live in New York City. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have their grandma lives with me. Thank God. Oh, wonderful. I got a grandma, grandma? on board. Uh, no, it's my ex-husband's mom. Mm, that's How cool. weird is that? It's called the modern family. <laughs> 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 they come in all sizes here in New York. You got to see it. That's great. It's <laughs> crazy. Um, but yeah, you know, it works. And I, I de- make sure that I have the support that I need. And 
Yeah. It's never enough. It's never enough. I think it's interesting, though, for us to really look at what is that, what is, what is it that support we need to be able to, like, do work in the world and be present for our families and to be really honest and straightforward about it. Like, I really appreciate, you know, you sharing that you have a nanny and a grandma, right? Like, because this is a lot of what happens, what I see in a lot of my clients, that people um, feel like they should be doing everything that they should. I mean, even uh, especially if it's a, a stay at home mom or, you know, or parent, you know, you, they feel like, oh, you know, because I'm, I'm quote unquote, not working, you should be doing everything. And then the people who do work, then they feel guilty. So then they, they do, t- you know, 10 times more at home. And yeah. it's, it, it really are, it takes more, it takes more people than just one person. And it's, it's BS to be putting it all on yeah. one person and to put, putting it all on ourselves and saying, oh, I, I should be able to do all these things and actually be happy. No, you, it's not really possible to do all the things all the time. Especially doing 100%. Like now I can have the conversation. Show up as much as I like, can. You know, mommy's doing you know, the best she can. I and wish it could you know, be more. I would, you know, it's I, hard for me to not be here all the time with you and see all the wins and all the challenges. You know, I'm here, but... You know, it's, I, I think um, women carry a lot more guilt than men do. You know, we just carry it with us, especially around when it comes to our children and, and um, all that we want to be there for them and show up. But um, I'm trying to forgive myself a little more. And uh, I, I know deep down that I do all that I can. And um, yeah. at and, the end of the also, day, that, yeah. our kids need our kids need us to be who we are, right? They yeah. need, they, they need us to have something, things in our life that are more than just them, right? It's too yeah. much to say to your child, like you are my everything in my life. Like that would be too much yeah. pressure on a person <laughs> to, totally. you know, they need to have a model of how to live a life. And have had to work hard. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. funny. Cause one time I was like, Ty, um, you know, should I, 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 I wonder if I should not work anymore. Like, would that make no way mom, you have to work your company. <laughs> you know, like he loves that I have a business and you know, like it, it's interesting. Like I had a real heart to heart, like, wow. You know, he was having a little bump at, at school and mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, maybe I'll take a little break from it or no, 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 don't, you can't do that. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good model to show that uh, we work hard and that, that balance of trying to make sure everybody's getting what they need and that we getting ourselves what we need also is, yeah. is the really important part because we can't just do and give, 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 give and not take care of ourselves because it will backfire. Yeah, yeah. So you said, you mentioned that you have like a, a, you know, you do at least like a 10 minute or you do it, you know, you get into a downward dog or you at least write, light the candle. Um, what? in general, how, I mean, cause that you're carrying a lot, you have your single parenting with twins, you know, you have your support, but you, you know, you have a whole company as a CEO. I imagine there's incredible amounts of things to, to think about that your yeah. brain just wants to just take a break at times. How do you, how do you, um, how do you keep yourself grounded kind of in, you know, looking at beyond just the, the day-to-day, but in the day-to-day, but also in the sort of the big picture, how do you keep yourself? Yeah, grounded? like so. So this week, uh, weekend, I just went out to New Mexico and I did summer solstice um, in New Mexico for four days, white tantric yoga, 
plugged into all my big spiritual family. I'm a Kundalini yoga teacher as well. Oh, cool. um, so I, well, you I mentioned, you mentioned a couple of things there that I want you to kind of just define for the listener. Yeah. White sure. tantric yoga and kundalini yoga. So we, sure. we have had a kundalini yoga teacher on the podcast, but I think it was like one of the first episodes, so it's probably not even available anymore. And so if you could just define both of those. Sure. So uh, kundalini. So I've done hatha for twenty five years, thirty years maybe. Um, and then kundalini is kind of kundalini is like the fast track, and it's really um, like as you get grounded in your hatha or vinyasa practice, kundalini will rise and really help you connect to your third eye point and to your higher um, chakras. Um, it's so powerful. You definitely have an experience. Um, they're the weirdest poses. You'll sit and walk in a downward dog for 20, 22 minutes. Um, you'll do, um, it, it's the weirdest yoga, but you have results really quick. It's, it's pretty powerful. I, I have to... I have yeah. to say, I have, uh, I don't, I don't practice Kundalini regularly, but my mom has been in Rhode oh, Island, okay. Okay. which I think is good. So I go with her sometimes and every time I'm there, I'm like, wow, like this is so weird. Like we're doing the weirdest <laughs> stuff. Like, you know, I don't know, whatever, you know, we're like looking, you know, we're like looking at her hand and then chanting a thing and, you know, and then, and then yeah. this is so interesting. And then afterwards I always feel amazing. So I'm like, I don't yeah. know, there's something it's, happening it's here. <laughs> so, yeah. And Yogi Bhajan, who's um, the guru who brought it here to the United States. Um, so every year I go to the summer solstice, it's over 4,000 yogis from around the globe. Wow. And we all sit, we're all wearing white and we do this uh, practice. It's three days during the solstice, which is the brightest time of the year. And um, we do a series of either 62 minutes or 31 minute Kriyas. And we'll be standing, there's the male energy, it's like lines of people. So there's the male and female. You could have two females, but you stare at each other and you're doing these crazy Kriyas for an 62 minutes sometimes with your arms up and chanting. And you do about 11 hours of that for three days. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but, tell, define, tell us so what a Kriya is. Um, so a Kriya is sitting with different um, uh, physical mudras. So whether you're touching, they call in Kundalini Yoga that your fingers are the antennas. And you could plug into different mudras with the antennas. So you either your thumb touching your pointer, um, closing your palm is another one. Um, and then you're chanting and either looking at somebody in the eyes or having your eyes rolled up and inward. They're all different, different Kundalini Kriyas. They're, they're um, like, I understand them as like little practices, right? Basically, yes. the Kriyas are kind of like little practices. And you also mentioned the word mudra. We're getting lost in definition zone here, but that's okay. But tell yeah. us what a mudra is. Well, a mudra is, is, is the different, um, again, your fingers are these energy points. So um, you'll tap into, depending on where you, um, your thumb can go into Saturn, which is the middle finger. Jupiter is your pointer, you know, your ring, I'm forgetting. And then your, I'm not sure what the pointer, but all these have different energies and you're tapping into different parts of your energy centers. Mm -hmm. um, and what happens is if you're doing these Kriyas or mudras for 20, 31 or 62 minutes, you actually go into this zone with these mantras and you're just like, what's happening to me? It's, it's really cool. Um, and it's I, also hard. It's challenging. You're breaking through karma and uh, many layers of trying shifting your consciousness in a sense. It's, wow. It's 
yeah, it's really cool. I can and, imagine. Like, I think I did something in my mom's Kundalini yoga class for like 10 minutes. And I was like, oh my God, that was it? such a long time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine you. 62 minutes. Oh my God, That's you're a- dying. You're like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but... And so how do you feel this week, like coming back? Well, that's, I'm, okay, I'm good. I'm so plugged in and super charged. And, um, you know, like that's kind of where I, I recharge. I, I'm Again, I'm going to be assisting up at Omega Institute in August. I'm teaching there. I teach the sacred art of mala making. Um, so I do some a little teaching along with And that actually, teaching gives me a lot of energy. Um, it, it's funny when you channel um, these sacred yoga teachings, it runs through your body and I get really excited. And then I come back to the office. I'm like, okay, I got all these ideas, let's do it. Um, oh, and then I have to go back and plug, you know, it, it wears off quick. I'm in New York and then I just keep recharging. Um, but it really does help, you know, like I do jump away. I went to India in uh, March. I go every year to the yoga festival. I have a, a couple of orphanages that we've been able to uh, fund and take care of. So I see all the kids and Oh, wow. 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 So tell me, so you, so it sounds like just to kind of tie that up, like you you have this full, incredibly busy New York life, right? Where sometimes you only have a few minutes, but it sounds like you're taking time. You're like, you're taking retreats from this. You're taking breaks where you're putting away your cell phone. You're turning everything off. You're, you're really recharging and making that a priority. That sounds that sounds like something we should all do and we can we all yeah we have to do but you know like some people can't get away and I get yeah. it I'm very fortunate mm-hmm. but it's like even that little in the morning you know close the door kids this is I say I tell my kids this is mommy's moment in the morning mm-hmm. I have cushions around my altar sit with me but this is mommy's quiet time mm-hmm. and sometimes it's 30 seconds but to set that candle and that intention just to take one breath in one breath out help me get through this day, help me stay mindful, help me stay strong. It, it really, it's powerful. So it yeah. doesn't, you don't need to get on an airplane. <laughs> I it, wanna, it, yeah, it's really yeah. important. It makes yeah. a big difference. And one, one thing I want to also point out to the listener, what Satya is saying is that she's made a space for, in her home to, to have this, have some time to ground. And I think that that space can be a chair. It can be a corner. It can be whatever. Um, it, but having some space and taking some time to be intentional about how you want to start your day is, is kind of what I'm taking from this. So tell us about the, the philanthropy work you're doing that, like, cause you, you start out as a social worker, you wanted to help children and now you're like doing a, you, it's wonderful. I mean, like yeah. to me, it's really inspiring as a, someone who, who has a business and teaches that, that idea of taking this thing that and growing it. And so that you can, reach and touch so many people. I mean, that's incredibly inspiring to me. So tell us about what, what you do with the foundation. Yeah. So the Satya Foundation, um, which um, the first intention when I got the name was to design Jewelry of Truth and donate money to children around the world. So, you know, it started out where I would just take a bunch of kids from New York City and uh, sponsor them to go to teen camp or, um, you know, it started out there. And then um, I actually formed the 501C and I've been really blessed. I've worked with quite a few celebrities over the years. Uh, Kristen Bell, Courtney Cox, um, Patricia Arquette. We've worked in Haiti. I've worked um, with diseases and research. And um, just recently, and you know, it's not even about some, some of the collaborations. I've raised crazy amounts of money. Um, 
the landscape has changed. But for me right now, it's like, of course, it's wonderful to raise money. And, and that is the, the ultimate goal because some of these nonprofits need support. But the other part of a lot of the work I'm looking for to- forward is to help people be more aware of the situations going on in the world and, um, you know, educating people about, um, I did a piece around autism um, and one of my sons on the, on the spectrum. So there's another added. So, you know, what is that? How, what a blessing it is and how powerful um, to embrace that. You know, I want, I, that's a big part because I, I am a mom that has been, um, uh, blessed with that situation and, and how do we turn around? So I have a lot. I really want to share that in a bigger way um, and educate people to embrace and in, in, invite these people in, these, these adults and children. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so important because they're not going away. Um, Every Mother Counts is another one. I, I Christy Turlington, uh, who is the beautiful supermodel, mm. now philanthropist and uh, amazing mom. I've known for many, many years. She was uh, a yogi back when, when I started, and she used to support me a lot. And she actually used to buy uh, Donna Karen's uh, Christmas gifts for me every year, which was really exciting. <laughs> um, and her mom's and all that. So um, I finally got to reconnect with her. And, and so the Every Mother Counts is all around childbirth. And, um, you know, we in this country take things for granted like that, you know, prenatal care. Um, having a place to birth your child in a healthy way and having the food you need before they come out, having the food afterwards and what that takes. So she's all about that. So collaborating with her has just been, I am just over the moon. But, you know, a lot of it is educating and even speaking about this um, on on podcasts like this to to Mm -hmm. let people know the awareness, just aware, and and maybe we walk away a little more grateful that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you never know what you're going to get. And we're so blessed in this country to have um, the um, medical uh, needs that we have, um, the support that some of us have. It's not all. You know, this country needs a lot of help, too. (laughs) I know. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids, because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and 
I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Think about that, right? Like our maternal mortality rates have gone down. Like our maternal mortality rates are pretty poor compared to the rest of the developed world, you know. Ours are... Yeah, ours are higher. It's it's crazy. Oh yeah, um, higher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, I think it, it's it's important to share this information, and um, uh, of course, I'd love to raise money. Everybody could donate directly to any nonprofit I work with, which is fine. They could buy the piece of jewelry. I'm always like, that's that conversation of, ooh, what is that? Oh, I'm I bought this to support every mother counts, right? Mm. I bought this to support all the mommies and parents that have a child with autism. Mm-hmm. Like, how cool is that? <laughs> and it looks really pretty. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We did a little thing on elephants too, which I'm really excited about. It's a little off, but mommies are, elephants are mommies too. <laughs> and um, I love elephants, so. Oh my God, I love elephants. Oh, like I the whole it. idea, it's so heartbreaking. Um, oh, what And the, the elephants and the way they, you know, like elephants will grieve, they're dead. They have this matriarchal society where the grandmothers are the ones that are, are, are leading the, the troop and they, they, um, they're all, they're incredible the way they're incredible. They're, they don't forget anything either. They've got memories still. It's true. Like that whole myth about the elephant never forgetting is true, right? They go back to the, these different places. You know, it's interesting. My father is, um, my father is, um, an artist and he, um, he did, um, he taught carving at RISD, Rhode Island School of Design. And at some point in the like seventies or something, somebody gave him ivory Um, someone gave him this ivory and, um, he, you know, because it's like, you can't sell ivory, you can't, you know, of course he doesn't want to support ivory. So we have this weird thing where he has car. The interesting thing about ivory is that one of the reasons it's so valuable is that apparently I haven't done it, but he says it's like the perfect carving, thing because it doesn't have any knots or anyway it's beautiful to carve so he has this ivory jewelry that he's made actually to kind of bring it back to jewelry where he's made uh he made this carving at one time we I guess we had one time we had two cats and they were like lying in a in a heart so he made an ivory carving of the two cats heart-shaped lying but anyway so we have all this like ivory jewelry in my family in my home but I don't wear it I've never worn it I would wouldn't wear it because it's like this weird conundrum where it's like, I would never, never want, want to support that in any way, shape or form. Yet it's this thing that sort of came into my life and was, is this object, you know, beautiful object that my father created. So I don't know. It's very, but you know, I think, you know, and, and sometimes we can't, um, he was gifted it. And I think what some people do is just put a real honor around the jewelry that he created from this and almost, a gratitude for to that to that elephant or, or some kind yeah, of yeah. In some way, it could almost be like yeah. your pieces, like where what is this, and it could spark a conversation yeah. about you yeah. know about elephants and wanting to. But it's, it's really tough, though. It's like, and this is where our children, you know, like getting back to kids is 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 really educating them on 
you know, all of these things from, you know, please save the elephants. Somebody needs to figure that out. And this organization I um, hooked up with are amazing. They're doing crazy, amazing work. Um, but autism, you know, all children should know that children are different. Everybody's different and to embrace and, and, and include them in all things, you know. Um, and then the other part is just, you know, in general, even uh, the, the um, every mother counts. You know, our children should know that how, how um, privileged we are to have what we do in this country and that, that um, you know, it's not so readily available to be able to just go into a doctor's office. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not so easy. It doesn't happen in a lot, a lot of countries. So, and not to, not to, for the no. kids to feel bad, but to say, Hey, you know, like you could use this opportunity. Your blessings here can be used as an opportunity to really make a shift in the world. Um, yeah as they grow up into amazing beings. <laughs> and to just see it, to see like, to, to have that gratitude for this is all I have. I mean, the, if, if somebody, yeah. if you live in the United States, right? Like you're in the top 2% of most wealthy people in the world, right? If simply, you know, for living in this country and, and having maybe a, a place to live and, and all of the things that we have. And it's so just kind of remembering and, you know, we, when we see, we tend to like with the social media and we tend to see everything, you know, we tend to compare upwards all the time. And it's yeah. like so uh, important for us to see that there's so much struggle in the world and to, to help that cultivate that, that gratitude in us and in, and in our children. Um, I was going to ask you about your son with autism. What yeah. do you think you've learned from him? Oh my God. He is my favorite being on the planet. Of course, his twin is, they're just so different. He's actually, I, he was, um, he had regressive autism. So he was developing beautifully a vaccine. Um, one of the vaccines kind of triggered it and it happens. Not that it was the reason people get so paranoid, but, um, so I've cleaned him up. I've changed his diet. I've worked with so many homeopathic doctors and he's actually a super high functioning, amazing being. I mean, I, I'm really beyond fortunate because I've seen extreme cases that are not so easy. And um, my son is curious. He's friendly. He's got the heart. He's got such compassion. Mm -hmm. um, he makes me laugh like every day numerous times the silliest mm -hmm. funniest things come out of his mouth and um he's just amazing it you know people just take need to take a little more time to get to know and understand you know understanding is love right mm -hmm. when you get when you take a moment to really understand somebody whether they're suffering or they're acting poorly it's that from that place where your compassion builds right um so what my big takeaway with and, and hope from this collaboration, but even speaking about my son, because the, the first six years I was like, no way, he doesn't have it, complete denial. It's a really hard thing to get handed as a mom. Um, uh, now I'm just embracing it and I'm hoping the world will embrace these amazing beings. Uh, the UN, a good friend of mine hosts this big UN um, event um, during Autism Awareness Month, which is when we launched this collection. and. Uh, this year, it was about young adults who have, they don't speak, but they, they're finding all these really cool um, machines and computers that now they actually can get their voice out there. It's, it's like the leaps and bounds. And these kids, these young adults are brilliant. And they're adding so much more to society. 
Um, and in the past, it was like, oh my God, just put them away. And mm. no, 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 let's, let's include them. They have, they see things and have compassion like nobody else. Like my son is so sensitive to like, we'll watch cartoons and he'll start crying. <laughs> he feels the character's sadness <laughs> and, and joy. I mean, he giggles like nobody giggles. And I just, it's infectious. You know, like, oh my God, Jack. He's like, look, and he's, he's amazing. Love my boy. Love my boys. But so, so it sounds like you know, in a way, he's more present, right? He's more present oh. moment in a lot of ways, and and that sensitivity, you know, in a in it's it's interesting because that's almost like what we need, right? Like that's yeah. like there's in our world so much in the past we have been desensitizing especially boys like desensitizing don't cry don't feel don't do this and like that sensitivity in a way is what we need to say you know it's interesting because people say oh millennials are so entitled sometimes and i always think like good like we need to be a little more entitled you know what i mean like we need to say no there shouldn't be sexism no there shouldn't be racism like what is this like we should be entitled to fairness we should be entitled to some more equality you know and um and i think in some ways like we need more sensitivity of like oh no like it you know it let's yeah let's be aware and appreciate what we have but also like we can do better. Like we have so much wealth. We have so much prosperity in our country and our world. Like we can do so much more, like let's demand it. Right. Like let's be, I don't know. And even inclusive inclusion, like we Mm. need to, especially when it gets back to children, all children with special needs, you know, there's a lot of kids that just are not fitting in um, or or feel shy or the bullying thing, which is Mm -hmm. rampant still. I don't know if it's been better that we've made people aware of it, feel like it's almost heightened or if it's mm. a social media aspect of, but you know, it, it's out there and you know, we need to be more, our, our children, if we can raise our children to be more compassionate and stand up when they see a child that maybe can't figure out socially how to navigate a situation um, for them to step in instead mm-hmm. of, Ooh, or join instead of join them or, or step away, like step in and say, Hey, how can I help you? Or come on, let's get out of here. You know, it, it's, it's so important. It's interesting. Like those are definitely have to be conversations we have, but like, it's, that's a tricky thing. Cause like so many things we model, right. We model so our best parenting is a modeling and, and it, we, that's like, we just don't have opportunities, I suppose, to model that, that, that much. It's um, so it has to be something that we, yeah, that we, we learn through maybe conversation or I suppose media. I actually took um, his brother on a food truck and uh, we fed the homeless in New York City. Oh, and cool. it was a whole night. We went from little areas to air people lined up and these people are homeless. And um, my son was just, mom, when can we do that again? Wow. So I think it's, yes, we have to lead by example. But, you know, I don't think it's ever, they're, they're ever too young to be introduced to that part and let them feel that and see another side of life, you know, and um, we're going to get on that food ship again in a couple of weeks, which um, he's so excited about. Like, um, I think we can, you know, introduce them to, you know, how, how fortunate and how fortunate we are. Mm -hmm. And, and ties, ties, my other son, he, he's very curious about this. And now we walk to school and there's always this guy in New York City. Mm-hmm. There's a man, uh, an ex-vet, 
and um, we'll always bring him down a little something from breakfast or an apple or we were giving him a dollar, but then we saw him smoking a cigarette and like, no, we're not going to contribute that, but let's give him some food. Um, but he's aware, you know, like, and he's, yeah, he's, he's been doing this for a long time. So I'm not sure where it's going to lead him, but uh, you got to plant those little seeds when they're young and see how they, they grow later on in their lives, you know, and I that- believe yeah, yeah. And that that requires that we do our own work, right? To like yeah. be able to be with the discomfort of being with a person who's makes us maybe, you know, the situation brings up discomfort for us, right? Yes. Like difference brings up dis- discomfort for us. Mm-hmm. So if we do our own work to help ourselves be grounded and to help ourselves ha- cultivate and practice that compassion, then then we can can be in those situations maybe with a little more um heart yes yes and you know a lot of it it just takes a little time like you know when my son first got hit he literally anybody walk in the house he'd run into another room and my even my family could not relate to him and it was really hurtful for me and I'm like you just got to sit with him and just you know get to know him um now he's you know in your face hugging all that stuff but you know there's a it just takes a little time and now he's, he's warm and, and cuddly, but you know, it, it, there's, they show up in so many different ways, these children. So anyway. yeah, I guess if you ever see a mom with a little kid uh, melting down on the street, don't run away, put your hand out. <laughs> I always say, put your hand on and say, can I help? <laughs> um, don't judge her. Don't judge the mommy what a daddy that's just what i was what you were what you were saying was bringing up for me was that it's like a practice of turn you know turning down the volume of that judgment in yeah. our in our minds and turning up the volume of the curiosity practicing that curiosity and that compassion yeah. patience patience, patience. Oh, yeah. oh. A big one um this has been such a joy to talk to you satya i really appreciate what you're doing. I really appreciate the work you're doing in the world. Um, I think it's so wonderful to see, um, you know, to see moms who are working hard, giving back, giving to, you know, you know, walking that walk of that it's a balance. I mean, people hate the word balance, but whatever balance has, we know in yoga balance means wobble. Anyway, um, (laughs) balance of like, of, of, of taking care of yourself. So then you can, and, and what I'm seeing in you is that when you took care of yourself deeply, when you got quiet, when you saw what was important for you, then you, then you were able to then, you know, move, you were talking about moving energy, like move so much energy in the world and do so much good with that. And anyway, I I really appreciate that. I appreciate you coming on today and doing all that work. Yeah. And you know, it's, I just don't want anybody to think, oh my, it's not easy. You know, I have my days and it's, it's a struggle some days. And uh, again, I think we just have to, um, I, you know, I have faith. If you have a practice, you have something that can keep you steady when, when life comes in, because life comes in and you don't know what that means sometimes. So I like to encourage everybody to, you know, don't think everybody out in the social media world has it. Look, they look so pretty. They look like they have it all figured out and it's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not living life if, if it looks so pretty all the time. So be, be, a, be sensitive to your, your needs, be sensitive to your humanness and give yourself a hug and 
and a break once in a while, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, Yes. Yes. Thank you. Take those <laughs> breaks. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you so uh, much you for time. coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I love that quote, the paths are many and truth is one. So, so cool. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Before you go, I would invite you to check out, buy the book, go buy Raising Good Humans at RaisingGoodHumansBook.com so that you can get the special book launch bonuses. And you can, of course, win a spot in my spring retreat when you leave a review. Um, on Amazon, which is so, so important, which I know you'll do anyway, because you just want to support the podcast. And yeah, yeah, I hope so. (laughs) And I also want to let you know that before the end of the year, my coaching programs are open. I have just a few spots available for both one-on-one and Mindful Mama Transformation Coaching Group, group coaching. And these are the highest level of working with me. It is a powerful way to transform your experience of being a mama. Go check out the words of my past clients to learn more and learn more at mindfulmamamentor.com. If you would like to apply for one of those spots, you can reach out to me at hunter at mindfulmamamentor.com and we can hop on a call and get to know each other and see if it's a good fit. So I look forward to talking with you then. Um, So if you've ever wanted to work with me, don't wait, you know, like our lives are short. There's only so much time and we want to be that person our kids need us to be now, not when they're older and grown. You know, let's do the work now. Let's do it together and I'll, I'll walk you through it and hold your hand. Okay, so I am wishing you a beautiful week, my friend. I am wishing you peace. I'm wishing you joy. I know it's the holidays and it's all cray cray. Um, so I'm wishing you some simplicity in this time and, um, I will talk to you again next week. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for listening. Namaste. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness, and I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.